Reading today is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 17. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thanks be for the word of God. This morning we come to the second verse in our poem that we're looking through at the moment about I dream of the church. Last week we dreamt of a worshipping church. So this week, we're dreaming of a biblical church. And I wonder what that phrase, a biblical church, would make you think of. Do you think of the temple or the synagogue from Old Testament times? Or do you think about the early church meeting in each other's homes, all crowded in, eagerly listening to the latest letter that's come from Paul? Certainly both those pictures are different from where we are today and how we're meeting today. But that's not really what the poem is about. I'm going to read the verse to the the next verse that we're looking at this morning. I dream of a biblical church where the word of God is at the center, where the exposition of God's word holds the place of honor where the whole counsel of God is preached, where people expect to hear God speaking to them, where study is combined with devotion, where a wide range of electives is offered, where all are encouraged to keep on learning. So can you really imagine such a church? Are we such a church? A question for us this morning. So we're going to look really at the second line of the poem, where the word of God is at the center. Now, if I'd asked you all when you came in to church this morning, what do you think is at the center of our church? You might have answered the word of God, but you might not. You might have thought it was fellowship or singing, children's work, youth work, Serving the poor. All these things are good. But the poem is dreaming of a biblical church where the word of God is at the center. And then if you were to go up and down the street perhaps and ask people or even to tell them, do you think the word of God is at the center of our church? I wonder what they would say. I wonder if they would understand what that meant. They might say, why? Is it at the center? They might ask you, what does it do for you? What's its purpose? In fact, we might be asking some of these questions when we hear that line spoken. 
And our reading from Second Timothy this morning can help us answer some of these questions. The letter was written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, who was his co-worker and colleague and delegate. Timothy, at the time, was in the province of Asia, in Ephesus, where Paul was in prison in Rome. And the letter was probably written around AD 64, shortly before Paul's death. And he's commissioning Timothy to continue his work and to encourage him to endure any suffering. And the verses that we read this morning are just part of Paul's final charge to Timothy, urging him to stay on track with the faith that he has inherited. Because there is a line in the verse that Timothy knew the Scriptures from infancy and to remain rooted in the Scriptures. And verse 16 tells us, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the scriptures that Timothy has known from when he was a child are from God. Men wrote them, but they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit also gives us inspiration and understanding as we read the scriptures. Now, scripture for us contains both the Old and the New Testaments. And there's a wealth of material and different types of writings, as we heard earlier when we spoke with young people. Because in the Old Testament, which is still important for us, we read about the creation of the world, how everything was created by God. We read about the covenant between God and Abraham, of Moses and the people of God. The Psalms of David, I think you could find every human emotion in one of those Psalms. Sometimes very raw emotion, sometimes great joy, and sometimes great sadness. But they're all there. In the writings of the prophets, we can read of the promise of the coming Messiah. And if we hadn't read the prophets, we wouldn't recognize Jesus when he comes as the Messiah. So it's still important to read the Old Testament. And then we have the New Testament, which has a variety of writings. We have the life and the acts of Jesus in the Gospels. And there we read a historical narrative of the history of the early church in Acts. And we have letters which were written to local groups of Christians to give advice. And then finally, in Revelation, an apocalyptic description of the intervention of God in history. So we have in the scriptures from the beginning to the very end, all encompassing every part of human life. So this scripture is to be at the center because it comes from God. It is God-breathed. So what are the scriptures used for? Well, Paul tells us, that scripture is to be used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And first comes teaching. 
which is really important because it's there first. And that was to be Timothy's primary responsibility, as it had been for Paul. The scriptures have a nurturing function. They tell us everything we need to know about God and Jesus. You know, if you're teaching a child, you're imparting knowledge, you're showing them, telling them things that they need to know. And scripture tells us what we need to know about God and about Jesus. They tell us the truth. Now, the second task of scripture, it mentions, is rebuking, which is almost the other side of the task. As we know scripture, it's helpful to expose the errors of false teachers and their preaching. And that was what Paul was concerned about as he wrote to Timothy, because there were false teachers going about at the time. And if we today hear something or read something, maybe particularly on the internet, and if it doesn't agree with what we know scripture says, then that's a false teaching and we should be on our guard. Everything should be checked against scripture. And then we go on to correcting. Now, this is the only time in the New Testament that this word correcting is used. Similar to rebuking, but more about the behavioral and the ethical side of things. To correct means to restore to a better state. And when we correct something, we're normally trying to bring it back to the right way. When you correct a child when they're learning something, it's because you're wanting them to do it the right way. There's a right way to drive. We have to perhaps sometimes be corrected in how we do lots of different things. And that's what scripture can also be used for. And then the last task that is mentioned is training in righteousness, which is a very positive thing to do. It's a positive side of correcting. Because there's no point in correcting something if you're not then going to tell them the right thing to do, to show them the right thing. Now, training implies discipline. And that's maybe something that we're not very good at. If you want to, to be good at anything, if you're training to be an athlete, or training to do anything, you have to be very disciplined. And there does have to be some discipline in reading and understanding the scriptures as well. It requires discipline. And that's maybe something that we're not that keen on nowadays. But something we do need to remember. And righteousness. Again, it's moral and ethic. And it implies right living. So we have to be disciplined in our right living. Because it is quite easy to fall away, to go off on the wrong track, to not listen to what God is telling us in his word, perhaps only to read parts of the scripture. But we need it all. It needs to be at the center. And I came across, it's more of a paraphrase of this verse in one of the commentaries that I quite liked. And it says, God makes all scriptures alive by his living spirit. We can use all these writings to teach people the true doctrines, rebuke people who do wrong, help people to correct their wrong ways, and to show people how to live good lives. So we teach people 
Any rebuking or correcting does have to be done in love. I just would like to put that bit in there because I'm sure we've all come across people who are not good at telling you things you're doing wrong. They're very, you're doing that wrong. That's absolutely wrong. That's not the best way to teach somebody. So we do have to do it carefully and with love. So that's what the scriptures, they're at the center because they're God-breathed. They help us to know how to live. But there's a third question. What is their purpose? And verse 17 answers this one. It says, So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now the servant of God, that means every Christian. Everyone who belongs to God is a servant of God. And you want to do his will. So if you know God, you belong to the people of God, and you're a servant of God. Equipped for every good work. wonder what that means. Scripture will equip us to do God's work in the world, which just leads to another question. It's amazing how answers often lead to more questions. So yes, okay, we're equipped to do God's work, but what is God's work? in the world. Well, I think it's to tell others about the good news of the gospel, to show the love of God in practical ways, to care for the poor, the outcast, those that live on the margins of our society, but to tell everyone that salvation can be found in Christ. So there's a simple word, God's work is mission. Everything that we do as the people of God and as the church belonging to God should be missional, should be reaching out to others. And we are the only people that he has to do this work. And we have been equipped by having scripture at the center of our lives. And if we all have scripture at the center of our life, then scripture will be at the center of our church because we are the church. It's not just the building. We are the church. And if we have scripture at our center, it will be at the center of our church. And Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. So scripture, the word of God, shows us how to live as people of God, tells us about our salvation, which can be found in Jesus, and it will shed a light for us to follow in the darkness. We need scripture to help us know about God and Jesus, but we need the whole of scripture, not just the bits we like, not just the easy parts or the parts that we understand, but we need to think about wrestle with, discuss together the difficult parts of Scripture as well. And there are difficult parts. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. But we have to engage with them as well. So I'm sure we would agree that, yes, we do need the Bible. It has to be in first in the center. But now there's a bit of a tricky part. We have to actually read it. It won't do us any good buying a Bible or leaving it on the shelf, or in the box, like the one that I had earlier. 
we have to actually take it off the shelf or out of the box, open it and read it. We have to read it, we have to study it. But we also have to expect to hear God speaking to us through it. And that's quite important, and we need the Spirit to help us do that. We don't read it the same way perhaps we read a novel. We read it, we take it in, we ask God to show us what it means, and then we apply it to our lives today. So they've to be read regularly. That word training, which meant discipline. Do you know, and sometimes, yeah, I'll admit, it's quite hard to think about it. Sometimes we're tired. We don't have to find time to fit it into our lives. So we have to be quite disciplined. We don't feel like it. Sometimes, if you've never read the Bible, you might not be sure where to start. And you know, we live in a time where there is no excuse for not reading the Bible. There are so many different versions of the Bible. You get big ones, little ones, fancy colored ones, so many different ones. You can get ones you can journal on, ones you can color in. You can get them online. You can get them in Bible apps. Sometimes I think, though, there's almost too much choice out there. It's too easy to get confused. You go into a Christian bookshop and there's whole shelves and shelves of Bibles. Where do we start? So it's just important that we do start. And if you're not in the habit of reading the Bible, then why not start today, this week? Get a modern version. You can get Bible reading notes, which gives you perhaps some verses from a passage and then explains it a bit, but they're very good. Meeting with others to study the Bible is a good way and a good discipline as well. And if you're not sure how to start or what version to get, come and speak to one of the ministry team because we'll be happy to chat things over with you. And as you read regularly, you might begin to memorize parts of the Bible. Did anyone here have to memorize verses in Sunday school or at holiday club? Perhaps they still do in Kingdom Kids today. And it's good to know these verses because they come back to us at difficult times. And we see that very much in the story of Jesus in the wilderness and how helpful the Bible and scriptures were to him. If you know the story, after his baptism, Jesus was taken into the wilderness for 40 days and nights without any food. And the devil came to him three times to tempt him. The first time was to turn stones into bread. For surely Jesus was hungry. He'd gone 40 days. I have struggled going a couple of hours without food. A man, and Jesus replied to him, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Scripture. Then the devil took Jesus to a high place. And he got a wee bit clever because he decided to quote Scripture back to, God, back to Jesus, saying... If you're the son of God, Jesus, throw yourself down, for God will command his angels, and they will lift you up in their hands. But again, Jesus replied and said, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then for a third time, the devil tried to tempt him by taking him to the high mountain and saying, 
I will give you this, the whole world, if you just bow down and worship me. But again, Jesus used scripture and said, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. At that, the devil fled and the angels came and ministered to Jesus. But Jesus' reply always began with, It is written. Jesus knew the scriptures. He had read them many times, enough times that he could memorize them. And he used them. He used the scriptures to defeat the devil. And that is what we are to do with scripture. Jesus turned to the words of scripture in his need. And when we are in need, whatever that might be, we can turn to scripture and find God there in the pages. It's only in scripture that we find God's promises and how he has been with his people and he helped them in their times of need and he rejoiced with them in their times of happiness. It's only in the pages of scripture when we read of people who have consecrated their lives to God over thousands of years. So by putting the word of God at the center of our lives and the center of our church, we can also consecrate our lives to him. I dream of a biblical church. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do indeed dream of a biblical church, but we can do so much more than just dream. We can actually make that a reality. So help us, Lord, to be faithful and disciplined in our reading of your word. May your spirit help us in our understanding of your word. And may we know how to apply what we read to the days of our lives, that we may engage with you in your work in this world, the work of mission. We ask for your help in these things, that we may indeed be a biblical church. In Jesus' name, amen.